Good morning again. How are you doing? It's funny that uh, in the midst of this season, uh, you know, that we are going to do a sermon series called We Interrupt This Life. Let's face it, how many of you just don't even want your life interrupted? And if you did, you don't even kind of can't find the time to have an interruption happen, right? You know, it seems like from Thanksgiving to through New Year's, we run, 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 even faster than normal. One obligation falls another event, one brunch blends into a dinner, and then another meal someplace else. We hardly have time to breathe. And yet we're reminded every year that at Advent, God is calling us to slow down. (laughs) It's crazy. All this going on in the world around us, God has said, slow down a bit. And so all through this season, we are going to be looking at the scriptural narrative and, and how God interrupted lives to accomplish his purposes. Mary, Joseph, Zechariah, the shepherds, wise men. We're even going to talk about Herod who all had their lives stopped in their tracks so God could use them to orchestrate the entrance of Jesus into this world of ours. Interruptions. You know, if truth be known, uh, I don't like interruptions a whole lot. How about the rest of you? You know, things that just kind of interfere with my stuff. You know, how dare people do that, right? I'm on a fast track to somewhere. I'm not sure where half the time, but don't stop me from getting there. But I am of the opinion that if we pay attention to the interruptions in our life, that we will discover something very significant, and that is that God is trying to do something important in us and through us. But here's the rub. Will we pay attention? And if we do pay attention, we'll often discover that interruptions like this falling out of my pocket Interruptions can be and often are divine appointments. And really, who would want to miss out on that? As we start this morning in this little homily that we're doing today, I want to teach you one phrase and one question that will be helpful in making any interruption in your life a holy moment, all right? The phrase is this. It's kind of an undergirding. It's a theological concept. And I'm going to teach you this thing. You're going to memorize something today. Walk out of here and you'll probably put it to song before the day is over. Here it is. You ready? God is always up to something. <laughs> Do it with me all together. God is always up to something. One more time. Just the women. <laughs> Men, uh, do you believe that? I do. I really do. But there's a question that we got to put with this thing. Otherwise, you know, we can believe it, but there's got to be a little pause for us. So if something happens, and it maybe disrupts us a little bit. You got to do this. Okay, this is the phrase. Second, the question. You're going to memorize this too. Hmm. And get a little Western suburbs attitude in that, all right? Hmm. I wonder what he's up to now. Hmm. I wonder what he's up to now. God is always up to something. You know, this week I noticed a big cultural disruption that happened. 
a newsworthy event. Uh, something happened in Ferguson, Missouri. The grand jury uh, came in with a verdict. This is not a political... I'm not doing anything political, so just breathe lightly. Okay, with this. But it was disruptive. It got people talking. Uh, the blogosphere was filled with things. Facebook pages lit up, right? Everybody had an opinion about it. The morning after... Uh, because I kind of play a dual role as a pastor here at Christ Church, but I also am an ambassador for Christ Church into the inner city, into East Garfield Park. I headed down to one of our ministry partners that Dave talked about to break through. And uh, my role there is to listen. I am kind of a pastor on the staff. And what I do is kind of walk around and just talk with people. And sometimes people just make appointments to come and talk to me and serve as a spiritual director, a coach for them. And I didn't know what I was going to walk into at Breakthrough on that day. I certainly knew I was going to be accepted well because we're friends. But my sense is that often the things that stir us out here are not often the things that stir people into the, in the city. When I walked in the door, a young woman, about 27, came up to me and said, we've got to talk. <laughs> I said, all right, it's going to be one of those days. <laughs> and that's what I spent the day doing. I took my time to listen to what people were saying. And by the way, these were all people that believe at all times that God is up to what? Something. What they weren't clear about was the question, hmm, I wonder what God is up to now. And I spent the whole day with folks just talking about what was on their hearts and their minds. Heard a lot of things. People were saying, I have people on my Facebook page calling for revolution. And they said, a revolution towards what end? They said, they don't have an end. I heard others saying, oh, my heart is burdened for my kids. It just brings up things that aren't resolved in our country that just scares me a little bit. One woman said, I want to have a revolution in my home. Somebody else said, I, I feel God calling me to some kind of public policy work. I mean, it was all these things that were wrapped into a gentle, kind, good, but hard conversations. What I sensed was, just like we sang, people were saying, Lord, we're not sure what you're doing, but we're asking the question. We're stopping long enough in this interruption in the culture to say, come, Lord Jesus, come. Give us clarity in some of these shadowy places, please. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Our lives get interrupted. Finances, children, if you're a child, parents, <laughs> relationships of all stripes, unemployment, health. And I know people, when those things happen, they, they, they get mad at the interruption because they, they, they don't really believe that God is at work. <laughs> Even in the midst of those harder things, and some people I know do this. They raise their fists to the heavens and they curse God. Can you believe that? 
Others ask God and others, what do you think God is up to in the midst of all this? What does it mean? And at that moment, we are smart when we say, come, Lord Jesus, come. I need clarity. Because if we believe God is always at work, then that question, hmm, I wonder what he's up to now. What is he doing in and through us in those moments? Do we allow time to to breathe and to allow the interruption to envelop us in such a way that we can gain some clarity? Advent comes at a crazy time. (laughs) Really, we've already talked about it a little bit, but it comes at a time when we're so busy for churches, we, in all honesty, we, we, I don't know if we like Advent particularly sometimes. You know, how do you put a new spin on a familiar story? Especially if that story is being taught wrong. <laughs> you, know, you know, how do we go about doing that? But we know how important this season is. It's part of the church year. Uh, and in, in, in it's, it's designed for us to all take a deep breath and to consider what it is that we're really asking for in life. When you look through the scriptures, you'll notice that at the end of the Old Testament and the start of the New Testament, there's hundreds of years that, that, that have elapsed. Hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. And the people in the New Testament were really waiting for God to speak again. They were saying, we know you've been present to us in the past, but God, where are you? Will you come to us again and will you speak? We want you to be up to something once more. And there's this plaintive cry through the New Testament. And the expectation when Jesus comes on board that, is this God really speaking to us once again? And Advent is the place, you know, where hopes and fears get laid on the table, raw and unfiltered. And we ask that question, Lord, we're not sure what you're up to, but come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. I believe, from the very bottom of my heart, that God is always up to something. I'm learning to read my own life. That's a hard thing. And I'm asking God for some things during this Advent season. I'm asking him to interrupt my life. I realize that I have a low-grade anxiety and worry and fear that comes from somewhere. Um, I could probably spend a fortune with a psychoanalyst and figure this out, but it's somewhere there. And I'm asking God to just interrupt the flow of that anxiety, to come in and just assure me that he is my God. I believe that, right? Oh, Lord, though, help me in my unbelief (laughs) that goes on. I want God to come in and meet me at some places that cause me distress. That's what Advent is. We stop. We go like this. We say, okay, God, have access. Slow us down so you can speak and so we can hear. Because we believe that God is always 
up to something. But the big question is, hmm, I wonder what he's up to now. So we thought that in order to facilitate this movement in our lives, that we could do something that might be very helpful. I'm going to call my colleague, Tracy, who is not a member of ARP yet, and, uh, but she has a new haircut, and it does look good. Thank you. You've been trained to say that. Oh, yes, I have. There she is. There's my trainer back there. one of the great interruptions. No, you're not kidding. No, actually, you're right. I'm not. No, no, because there's truth in every bit of humor. Indeed. Now I don't know what to say. No, I feel bad. So, uh, Trace, what what have we designed for folks this Advent season to remind them maybe to be asking for an interruption? Great question. You know, the history of the church throughout the ages for centuries has us lighting candles during this season, a symbol of light piercing the darkness, a symbol of what we wait for and what we hope for and what we long for. And as Murph said, you know, there are those interruptions in life that aren't always great. They're the ones we didn't plan on, the ones we wish we, we didn't get. And then there are the ways that we want God to interrupt us with something good, like hope and joy and peace and justice and mercy. I have a house full of wild savages, and also known as we my children. Children, yes. Yes. And um, there is not a lot of calm in our lives. And if we're not careful, we just go from one thing to another to another to another. And then all of a sudden, you know, Christmas is over and 10 years are over and 20 years are over. And so my prayer for our family is that this Advent season that God would interrupt our family with a bit of calm.